Letter twenty three of Letters on England by Voltaire, edited by Henry Molly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith. Letters on England by Voltaire. Letter twenty three on the regard that ought to be shown to men of letters neither the english nor any other people have foundations established in favour of the polite arts like those in france there are universities in most countries but it is in france only that we meet with so beneficial an encouragement for astronomy and all parts of the mathematics for physics for research into antiquity for painting sculpture and architecture louis the fourteenth has immortalized his name by these several foundations and this immortality did not cost him two hundred thousand livres a year i must confess that one of the things i very much wonder at is that as the parliament of great britain have promised a reward of twenty thousand pounds sterling to any person who may discover the longitude they should never have once thought to imitate louis the fourteenth in his munificence with regard to the arts and science merit indeed meets in england with rewards of another kind which redound more to the honour of the nation the english have so great a veneration for exalted talents that a man of merit in their country is always sure of making his fortune mr addison in france would have been elected a member of one of the academies and by the credit of some women might have obtained a yearly pension of twelve hundred livres or else might have been imprisoned in the bastille upon pretence that certain strokes in his tragedy of cato had been discovered which glanced at the porter of some man in power mr addison was raised to the post of a secretary of state in england sir isaac newton was made master of the royal mint mr congreve had a considerable employment mr prior was plenipotentiary dr swift is dean of st patrick in dublin and is more revered in ireland than the primate himself the religion which mr pope professes excludes him indeed from preferments of every kind but then it did not prevent his gaining two hundred thousand livres by his excellent translation of homer i myself saw a long time in france the author of radamistus ready to perish for hunger and the son of one of the greatest men our country ever gave birth to and who was beginning to run the noble career which his father had set him would have been reduced to the extremes of misery had he not been patronized by monsieur fagon but the circumstance which mostly encourages the arts in england is the great veneration which is paid them the picture of the prime minister hangs over the chimney of his own closet but i have seen that of mr pope in twenty noblemen's houses sir isaac newton was revered in his lifetime and had a due respect paid to him 
after his death the greatest man in the nation disputing who should have the honour of holding up his paw going to westminster abbey and you will find that what raises the admiration of the spectator is not the muslims of the english kings but the monuments which the gratitude of the nation has erected to perpetuate the memory of those illustrious men who contributed to its glory we view their statues in that abbey in the same manner as those of sophocles plato and other immortal personages were viewed in athens and i am persuaded that the bare sight of those glorious monuments has fired more than one breast and been the occasion of their becoming great men the english have even been reproached with paying too extravagant honours to mere merit and censured for entering the celebrated actress mrs oldfield in westminster abbey with almost the same pomp as sir isaac newton some pretend that the english had paid her these great funeral honours purposely to make us more strongly sensible of the barbarity and injustice which they object to us for having buried mademoiselle le couvreur ignominiously in the fields but be assured from me that the english were prompted by no other principle in burying mrs oldfield in westminster abbey than their good sense they are far from being so ridiculous as to brand with infamy an art which has immortalized a euripides and a sophocles or to exclude from the body of their citizens a set of people whose business is to set off with the utmost grace of speech and action those pieces which the nation is proud of under the reign of charles i and in the beginning of the civil wars raised by a number of rigid fanatics who at last were the victims to it a great many pieces were published against the theatrical and other shows which were attacked with the greater virulence because that monarch and his queen daughter to henry i of france were passionately fond of them one mr pring a man of most furiously scrupulous principles who would have thought himself damned had he worn a cassock instead of a short cloak and have been glad to see one half of mankind cut the other to pieces for the glory of god and the propaganda fide took it into his head to write a most wretched satire against some pretty good comedies which were exhibited very innocently every night before their majesties he quoted the authority of the rabbis and some passages from saint bonaventure to prove that the oedipus of sophocles was the work of the evil spirit that terence was excommunicated ipso facto and added that doubtless brutus who was a very severe jansenist assassinated julius caesar for no other reason but because he who was pontifax maximus presumed to write a tragedy the subject of which was oedipus lastly he declared that all who frequented the theatre were excommunicated as they thereby renounced their baptism this was casting the highest insult on the king and all the royal family 
and as the english loved their prince at that time they could not bear to hear a writer talk of excommunicating him though they themselves afterwards cut his head off pring was summoned to appear before the star chamber his wonderful book from which father le Bourin stole his was sentenced to be burnt by the common hammer and himself to lose his years his trial is now extant the italians are far from attempting to cast a blemish on the opera or to excommunicate signor senesino or signora cuzzoni with regard to myself i could presume to wish that the magistrates would suppress i know not what contemptible pieces written against the stage for when the english and italians hear that we brand with the greatest mark of infamy and art in which we excel that we excommunicate persons who receive salaries from the king that we condemn as impious a spectacle exhibited in convents and monasteries that we dishonour sports in which louis the fourteenth and louis the fifteenth performed as actors that we give the title of the devil's work to pieces which are received by magistrates of the most severe character and represented before a virtuous queen when i say foreigners are told of this insolent conduct this contempt for the royal authority and this gothic rusticity which some presume to call christian severity what an idea must they entertain of our nation and how will it be possible for them to conceive either that our laws give a sanction to an art which is declared infamous or that some persons dare to stamp with infamy an art which receives a sanction from the laws is rewarded by kings cultivated and encouraged by the greatest men and admired by whole nations and that father lebrun's impertinent libel against the stage is seen in a bookseller's shop standing the very next to the immortal labours of hassan of cornille of moller and etc End of letter 23. Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith.